As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Wild Willie Fuel has partnered with the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast to offer you, the racer, 20% off when you use the promo code LUKE, L-U-K-E, at checkout. Now, Wild Willie Fuel is the industry-leading manufacturer of professional fuel scent and top loop. They have over 60 unique fuel scents. Wild Willie has just the products you need to set yourself apart from the competition. Everybody wants that good smell. They got from the industry's number one selling scent, Ex-Girlfriend, <laughs> how cool is that, to the brand new fragrance, Fruit Loops. Love me some Fruit Loops. You are sure to find something that fits your personality. Over 60 unique scents. Surely you'll find something in there. Now, Wild Willie fuel fragrances can be used in race gas, methanol, ethanol, diesel, or pump gas. You can put it in all different kinds of fuels. Their scents are compatible with carburetors, fuel injectors, O2 sensors, and catalytic converters. So stop by and check them out at www.wildwillyfuel.com. And don't forget to use the promo code LUKE, L-U-K-E, to save 20% today. Well, it's holiday season, and you don't know what to get as a gift or a stocking stuffer. Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Now, Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. I'm on the list. If my math is correct, that's almost 8 million jewels. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com by simply using the promo code JED, that's J-E-D. Now, these are our picks for Manscaped's surefire stocking stuffer wins right here. Number one, the Manscaped 2-in-1 Shampoo Plus Conditioner. They just launched it. You can kill two birds, no pun intended, with one stone. 
by getting this shampoo and conditioner. It is awesome. The Manscaped Cologne Infused Body Wash is another great idea for a stocking stuffer. Smells delicious and it works great. The 2.0 shears with the luxury four-piece nail kit. That's a great tool to have. Everybody needs that in their toolkit. Crop mops. Wipe those jewels down and don't let them stink, if you know what I mean. And last but not least, the Manscaped Signature Cologne. Get those, put them in the stockings, and you get Stuffer of the Year award status without any hesitation. Make sure you hurry to their site and ensure these wild gifts show up before the holiday season. And while you're at it, you might as well use promo code JED, J-E-D, and get 20% off plus shipping. You find all that at manscaped.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. Welcome back, or welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, where we sometimes discuss U.S. Olympic athletes, adult film stars, and sportsman drag racing. Big Jed is with me. He had to step out for a minute while we do the introduction here, so I'm solo for now, but uh, that will not be long. This is probably, no, no, not probably, definitely. This is my favorite episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast each and every season. We call it the Potties. It is our annual award show in which we take a retrospective look at the 2021 season in a way that I think it's fair to say only we can. Look for potty award winners in the more common categories like best win of the season, most dominating performance of the season, best side-by-side round of the season, and also, you know, some stuff that you would come to expect from Jed and myself, like best appearing driver, WTF moment of the season. Like, did that just happen? Our favorite quote of the year. And then, of course, we close things out with the goat of the year. And, of course, the goat of the year. Yeah, stay tuned. It's a fun show. But first, our friend, PJ North. Jed, it's that time. It's my favorite episode of the year as we turn the calendar to December. By and large, the 2021 race season is over. It's a time to reflect in a way that I think only we can. It is the annual, maybe the fourth, fifth annual. I don't know. The potties. Yeah, who knows how many annuals it is, but Luke, I mean, just when everybody thought the season was over and we've forgotten all the wonderful things that have happened in sportsman drag racing in 2021, here's where they truly get recognized on the largest scale in sportsman racing podcast. The forgettable and the unforgettable. There is one of those. Yes. Yes. For our uninitiated listeners, explain what is a potty? A potty is like uh, the highest uh, award that can be received for a sportsman racer. 
like a Grammy, like, uh, um, you know, um, any kind of recognition within a, a certain group of people. Uh, the potty is just that. It is uh, the award for performing or not performing the best in any given category that we have decided belongs on the list. Now, this is not uh, this is not a list that was given to us by anyone or suggested. Uh, Luke, pretty much, we have come up with all of these categories. This is very and, much an internal list. Yes. Yes, and we have decided. Because we are the authority in a sportsman race and podcast. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we really are or not, but I don't even know if there is another one. But nonetheless, we have decided that we're the authority and we get to decide who had the best or worst, if you will, performances within these categories. So the potty is the recognition for just that uh, for the year of 2021. And I mean, I, I truly believe that everybody's going to be on the edge of their seat waiting to hear these winners. Absolutely. And podcasters, members of the media, if you are listening, the potty is a very much a proprietary thing. We're going to, in fact, from here on, we will reference it as the potty TM trademark, right? <laughs> we got this. The, the potty is already a production of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Yes. Let's start, Big Jed, with our first category of 2021, and it's a good one. It's a serious one. These won't all be this serious. Best win of the 2021 season. Look, there were some incredible wins in 2021. And, you know, immediately in our world, especially given that there's a there's large, large life changing checks at stake, we tend to think, oh, okay, well, that's easy. That that's going to be real easy. So and so won this big race. Well, this is the best win. So this is the one that had the most impact uh, in a certain situation or type of situation. So it's not always about the money. And, and our list proves just that. Um, yeah, so the, the nominees, I guess we could throw Tyler in, right? Like he's got the richest win of the season. Tyler Bohannon, certainly. Yeah. I mean, does he really need a potty to go with a million dollar check? But whatever. We no, he's not going to get one. But he deserves mention. Right? <laughs> okay. We, we, yeah, we got to mention him. I get it. Yeah, he's a nominee. Jimmy Lewis, you could pick uh, several of the wins from his championship season, but the one that stands out to me, Big Jed, was the victory at the Tucson Divisional. A, because we kind of joked about it the week leading in. Like, well, if Jimmy Lewis wants to leave Dallas and go to Tucson, he's got a shot. Right? Little did we know he was on his way to Tucson. And he won the race. And it's basically retrospectively, when you look back on that, and it even felt so in the moment, it's basically win that race to have a shot at winning the championship. Anything short of win that race, there's no longer a shot at the championship. And then he ultimately not only wins the race, but wins the championship. I think that's the key, pivotal moment there. Another nominee, tandem, team, father-daughter, Joe and Kayla Mazaris. We discussed this when it happens the father-daughter double at Denver with Joe winning competition eliminator, Kayla Mazaris winning Superstock. Um, yeah, you put those two together. That's, I guess, best wins, but it seems like a, a combined you know, group effort. So they're, they're a nominee. Yeah, that was huge. Um, next on the list is TJ Coleman. TJ won the inaugural Mike Smith Memorial uh, for those that, that know people around my neck of the woods, Mike Smith was a, a legend in uh, sportsman drag racing, bracket racing specifically in these parts. Uh, Timmy Smith's father, 
uh, passed away a uh, year before last and uh, uh, Ben Willis and the folks at Capital City Motorsports Park, formerly Montgomery Motorsports Park, uh, had the Mike Smith Memorial, the inaugural event. And T.J. Coleman, very, very close to the family, took Brandon Taylor's red Vega station wagon, which Mike probably made uh, 15,000 runs in a red Vega station wagon in his time and won the first day of the event, um, celebrated in the winter circle with, with no shirt, uh, just like Mike would have, and uh, a, a stubby cigar, just like Mike would. So incredible scene, incredible win, and, and a guy that was really close to Mike outside of the family. Uh, winning in a red Vega wagon was huge, Luke. It was just, it was Definitely really cool to watch. A sentimental favorite on the list. And actually... The, the resulting winner circle picture should probably also nominate TJ for another one of our awards. That would be best appearing driver. Right? <laughs> yes. I mean, it's one of those things where I feel I'm speaking for myself here, obviously not speaking for TJ. Like I would typically be super self-conscious about taking any picture without my shirt on. Given those circumstances, I would have absolutely done the same thing that TJ did. Like it's more of an homage to Mike Smith. And that completely trumps and overcomes, you know, that, uh, that, that lack of comfort in doing such a thing. But nonetheless, the pictures are uh, phenomenal and, uh, and it, <laughs> yeah. it should definitely warrant consideration for nominee as best appearing driver. Yeah, I don't even take a shower without a shirt on, Luke. So I, I get it completely. Uh, <laughs> I understand. Uh, Edmund Richardson's win at Indy. Big E's still the king. Um, uh, kind of a comeback thing for him. Just uh, builds a super gas car and then goes nuts on everybody for a couple, two or three races right there and wins uh, the, the big go. That was uh, really an incredible win. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously his talent is uh, longstanding. But uh, when you don't do that for a little while and you jump into the, the, the biggest, baddest class there is, it's you would think you would have a little bit of uh, challenges with a brand new car. Not Edmund. Not when you're the king. People forget, Big Jed, that the Kings won four national championships. That was his 49th national event win. Interestingly enough, also his first in Supergas. Uh, we discussed that when it happened, but uh, I, don't, I don't think many people would have guessed that. Yeah, uh, we did discuss that, and I, I would not have guessed that either, so I was quite surprised. Keeping it in the NHRA ranks, our next nominee for best win of the season. How about my man Chuck Trotter? Won a super comp race with doors. First time it's happened in like a decade. Won super comp at Atlanta in his Thunderbird. You don't see that every day. I feel like that has to stand out as one of the best wins of 2021. No doubt. Deserving of being on the list for sure, Luke. And lastly, my personal favorite, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave the, the ultimate decision here to you, Big Jed, on best win of the season. But I think the leader in the clubhouse has to be the NHRA National Championship run of one Gareth Shepard. He is your Summit ET Series motorcycle world champion, as predicted confidently, I might add, on this show by you, one Jared Pennington. Gareth Shepard nominee for win of the season. Yeah, my man, Gareth, um, you know, that obviously should go to the top of the list and, and reward him with the potty. But I think when you just look at the list and see all those great performances on there, for me, I, I want it to be TJ Coleman because that's sentimental. But I really believe 
that it is Chuck Trotter. Oh, Chuck did something that like, you just don't see. Again, you mentioned that it has been 10 years. And what has not happened in our sport in a 10-year span? I mean, pretty much even the great performances repeat or get repeated or, or get duplicated. Chuck Trotter did something that people don't even try to do first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And then he tried to do it and did it. So for me, Chuck Trotter, that's a huge, huge win. And given that Atlanta was, yeah, was having its final NHRA event and then Chuck sends it out in style like that, I don't know, that was huge. Hometown, so to speak, national event, like he's a Georgia guy. So that adds to the special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like it. Best win of the year. Chuck Trotter. Congratulations, Chuck. We don't have I, any music or yeah, we needed podiums to, or none uh, of that. We really could have could have gone more into production on this, but this is the potties, and and honestly, people would expect nothing less or more of the sports and drag racing podcast. So, <laughs> our second potty category of the day, and this is a new one for this year. It, it, you know, we again, this is a very subjective list, and, and we retain complete creative freedom to add and subtract uh, categories from the potty awards this is a new one this year and, and i think it's going to stick big jet i like this one this is the wtf moment of the season this is the what did i just watch what did i what just happened moment of the season and the majority of these actually come from one specific weekend believe it or not like i i, I don't know why that is or how that comes to be but let's run through the nominees wtf moment of 2021 yeah, the nominees are, <laughs> by the way, this, I love this category, the what the, um, so you've got um, uh, Duke and Sarah, as as you have it listed, um, the, the, the Chevy 2 incident. Can uh, I frame this? Let me, let me set this up, because I, I mentioned this on our last episode. This was at the Great American Guaranteed Million in Montgomery. I told you last episode where we were parked. We were at the, the, the middle turnoff, right? So you've got a bird's eye view right down the racetrack. And we're just sitting there talking, maybe eating lunch, right? I mean, yeah. I haven't been a car go down the track in a while. So I kind of stand up, walk over by the wall, and I'm like, I think somebody crashed. The ambulance is on the track. There appears to be a black car of some sort sitting sideways on the track. I wonder what happened. And then I see them drag this car backwards off the turnoff. And I'm like, hey, that's a black Chevy too. And it, man, it must've crashed. Like, the roof's gone. Went, How do we not know what happened? Right. So I get on the scooter after a few minutes, ride down and I see Richard Duke's beautiful, black, formerly beautiful black Chevy too. The car that won the main event at this event the year prior and the hood windshield dash roof uh, back glass ripped out of it. And I'm like, my God, what did he hit? And then I'm riding by it and looking at it and going, there's not a scratch on a fender. Nothing's caved in. Like, how did he do that? <laughs> well, Sean Sarah was driving this car and Sean Sarah didn't hit nothing, Jet. No, just hit the wind. It just ripped apart. Never seen anything like it. Yeah, so uh, obviously, uh, for those that have followed this particular ride and its trick, um, AJ Ash was driving it at the OG Million, the hood come off. 
So they decided when they made that repair that they were going to buckle it down just a little bit tighter and they put some more fasteners in it towards the back. And reinforce the hood to the, the cowl and the rest of the body, right? Yes, yes. And uh, they, they fastened it so well that apparently it seems brilliant. <laughs> it did seem brilliant. It was really nice. But it, it apparently the wind had nowhere to go but uh, up into the panel and it had no release. And man, when it took that hood, it took fasteners, it took windshields and it took roof and like you said, dash and wiring. It was it was the most ridiculous thing I had ever seen, like damage to the car. It, it, I mean, it needs a new body on it because the hood come off. It was, it was, <laughs> right. it, it was incredible. It, yeah. Just bizarre. I, at one point I asked Sean, I'm like, man, what did you do? And he's like, man, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was just driving it. <laughs> like just driving and the roof came off. So um, crazy. The, All right. So w, that was WTF the, moment for sure. For sure. All right. The, the other ones, more uh, common knowledge, I think, and we won't spend a ton of time on them because we've dedicated a lot of time to them on previous episodes of this show. The Nick Hastings wreck and go at the million. I think the it's not so much a WTF moment in, in like the moment. Like it's pretty obvious what happened. You think, wow, like how did he not do more damage than that? The WTF moment comes like half an hour later when he's staging up, doing wheelies, hitting the brakes, going six O's, like nothing ever happened. That's <laughs> the WTF moment, right? Yeah, and, and, and he, he basically totaled the car from where I was standing. And when yes. I got to it, it had the taillight busted. And that was it. <laughs> right, like what a, a, a six-inch tall, two-inch wide dent in the quarter panel. And you're like, what? That No, that can't be it. That's it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you knocked the you knocked the the quarter glass out of it. Now nah, that happened a couple of days ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that had been out. That that <laughs> that blew out a couple of days prior. <laughs> so the Hastings wreck and go certainly a nominee. The the entire Hunter Patton incident at the OG Million. Just watching the video, like I had to watch it the third or fourth time to be like, wait, did did I just see what I th- hold on? Play that back. This is the first time I'm like, ah, you know, whatever. I'm not, I don't have the sound on. I'm like, yeah, they got kind of close to each other. And that's weird, right? Oh, <laughs> wait, <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> so, yeah, obviously we, we've detailed that in, in great detail, but Hunter Patton, a nominee, that, that may or may not become a recurring theme on this show. And then the last one for me anyway, unless you've got additional ideas and nominees as we come along, Jed, uh, back to the Great American Guaranteed Million Kyle Rumley's decision to uh, to obscure each of the timing blocks on the racing facility after a, after a, a spirited debate on the starting line. I think most people standing behind the starting line were like, "Wait, what? Oh, wow! Okay, cool. Yeah, here we go." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was pretty much exactly what I was thinking, uh, and I was down track a little ways as I talked about on the show, but. Uh, all of these moments in their own right was definitely WTF moments. I, I don't have any to add to it, Luke. Um, and, you know, you you probably need to step out here and say which one you think deserves to be number one. But I, I do have a favorite in the clubhouse for me. Okay. Well, I I don't – I have one that I would pick if you put my feet to the fire. But you can go back to back. If, you, if you've got a strong inkling here, I'll, I'll, let, you, I'll let you determine the potty. Well, for me, it's definitely uh, Richard Dukes and Sean. Sarah. That's where I was going to go too, just because I've uh, never seen anything like it. 
never seen anything like it. And as you mentioned, the, the car didn't wreck or anything. It was like, and then, you know, yeah, I see, I saw them cleaning up like the hood. They said the hood come off of it and it, and it tore it up pretty bad. And I'm like, okay, well, I know, I know what happens there. You know, hood comes off, you know, bust a windshield or whatever. So they said it got in the roof. Uh, yeah, that happens. Then when I saw it, it was like, oh my gosh, this car is destroyed. I actually have a related story. So um, my Vega in its, in its previous incarnation, it had hood pins and uh, working on it one night, like I set the hood back on it and the pins were still wherever I'd left the pins. And that's how I went to bed. So I woke up the next morning, I the car up and obviously never realized that there were not hood pins in it. So I leave the starting line, my first run and the hood goes sky high. I see it disappear mid wheel stand. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. Like that's going to cost me, you know, got to get a new hood. It didn't hit the windshield or anything. I just continued on with the run. I went 620 something, no hood, right? Yeah. Uh, like, hmm, what am I going to do the rest of the day? And uh, so I get back to the trailer and here comes someone carrying my hood that appears to be intact. I ran the same hood for like four more years. Jed. I set it right back on. It didn't do any damage. <laughs> not, and not that you could have, not that you could tell on the previous iteration of a Vega, unless it was destroyed. I mean, I'm sure it had a few extra scratches, but I, I didn't know the difference. So the, the, find them. the onlooker certainly you know, had, had no idea. So yes, much luckier than Sean Sarah and Richard Duke in that respect. Yes. Yes. I would say you were. <laughs> All right. So that we're declaring the winner of the WTF moment of the season, Richard Duke and Sean Sarah. Okay. Fair enough. Let's move on to, uh, I skipped around here. I don't know how to get out of sync. One of my favorite annual awards, Big Jed, Best Appearing Driver of 2021. Now, yeah. if you have listened to previous iterations of the potty, you know that I have an all-time go-to sentimental favorite. And if you ask me to vote on this, I think I give it the same every year. I get to see Dave Triplett once a year. Dave Triplett looks better every time I see him. He's like a fine wine, Jed. He is the, <laughs> the Jay Wright of sportsman drag racing. I've said it before. I'll say it every year. Dave Triplett should be like the honorary best appearing driver of the year every season. He is a good looking man. And, you know, I don't really like saying that in this forum, but he, Dave Triplett is definitely a good looking guy. And Luke, you, you couldn't have said it better. He does with age just become more and more attractive and that's a unique gift right that's not the way most of us age it's hard to do brother it's really hard to do do you have any nominees i don't want to i i feel like triplet is our honorary winner at least my honorary winner every year just for the sake of conversation i want to change things up do you have any specific nominees that stand out to you well, I had one that I wanted to add to the list um, just because he, he's, he's got a unique look to him. I don't know that he's the, the sexiest driver out there. Um, That's not the award. That is not the award. I tend to think sexy when I'm thinking about this, but this time I shot away from sexy. And a funny car, Chris, to me, is just, a, just his appearance. I mean, the guy is growing his hair out like a, it's like, you know, I mean, a cornfield, it's, it's growing rapidly and, you know, his, his socks are halfway up his legs and his shoes are just these weird looking deals. And he just looks kind of 
he looks kind of ragged, but it's like it was intended to be ragged. And I just love his look. I mean, I, maybe it has, has a very distinct look to him that yeah. I don't think many of us could pull off. And I yet agree. he pulls it off very, very well. I, that's yeah. a good pick. That's a sneaky good pick. Yeah, I agree. But the the other nominees, you know, are, are very deserving and, and it's, you know, it's going to be tough to pick a winner here. Yeah, I mean, I think it probably should appear on this list every year. Slate Cummings, like, I don't know. Obviously, they don't have gyms in lower Louisiana where Slate lives. I wonder what he'd look like if he could work out. Have to be pretty <laughs> impressive. Yeah. Um, one, and this struck me, and, and again, like, don't don't take this necessarily the wrong way. Like, the, the connotation of the nickname, like Nasty Nick, does not identify with him an attractive young man, right? Nick yeah. Hastings, like, and, and keep in mind, like Nick's, Nick's a, a man of a variety of, of looks. Like I've seen Nick look overgrown, kind of rough. The Nick Hastings that showed up the one time that I got to see him and, and, and meet with him in person this year at the Great American Guaranteed Million, like clean cut, nicely groomed beard. And I thought, damn, Nick's a good looking man. But that <laughs> had never dawned on me before. Yeah, he is a really good looking guy. And, and it helps that I think we've discussed this in, in previous iterations of, of this award. What helps Nick tremendously is it's seeming you seemingly never see him without a smile. People just look better when they're smiling. You know, that's a really good point. Uh, it's the Matt Datus effect. And um, I Very agree when, when you're smiling, uh, just I think people are, are they just genuinely like you more. So uh, I agree. And. He's deserving of being on the list. And, uh, and to wrap up the list is Johnny Brackets, JBR, uh, Johnny Ezel. Listen, um, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to see where you are. I, I was just going to say, you know, he lives in South Louisiana, but somehow looks like a mountain man. And uh, if you like the mountain man look, you know, he, he's got his boots on, his jeans, and he's got hair everywhere. And it's just big old, fresh, gruff beard. And I don't know. I mean, Watching him, watching him lift that transmission out like it was a loaf of bread at the at the Great American Guaranteed Million was. Did that do it for you? Oh, I mean that was that was that pegged the sexy meter for sure. <laughs> so, if particularly if JBR ends up with this party, it would be pretty monumental because I believe that we're a year removed from Johnny taking home the potty for the worst appearing race car. In fact, I, I firmly believe that we shamed him into painting the old Pooh Brown dragster because it, it, it didn't come back this year. Like the same cars out there, but it's got, it features a different look that is much more, you know, appealing visually. Oh, yeah. um, so to go back to back, worst appearing car, best appearing driver, what a comeback, right? But the reason that I wanted to include Johnny on this list, A, similar to what I just said about Nick Hastings. Like it feels like Madison is having an impact. Like Johnny has cleaned up his look a little bit, right? That, that's fair to say. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I'm oh, here yeah. to tell you, Jed, we, we both went through similar like health journeys at, at roughly the same time. Like we, we've both dropped a fair amount of weight, you know, over the course of the last five years. Mm -hmm. And so there's a time where you, you go to the races and, and almost inevitably you see people that at least a handful of people you haven't seen in quite a while. And they're like, Oh my God, like how much weight have you lost? Right. And you, you get compliments all the time. We're both, I feel like far enough removed that we don't get much of that, you know, occasionally now, but yes. we're a few years down, down the line of that. So at 
the great American guaranteed million in Montgomery, like that for me, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of old friends that I don't necessarily see all the time because I'm running the NHRA tour and again, you know, it's, it's a little bit different crowd. And so occasionally I'll get a, Hey man, you know, you, you look good. Like you've lost a lot of weight. Like I, I bet I got that three times on the weekend. Right. Which always makes you feel great. Right. If three people told me that I'm not kidding you, Jed, I had half a dozen people go tell me like, like I have something to do with it. Like I really care. Have you seen Johnny? What about Johnny? <laughs> man, he has lost some weight. Like, yeah. Okay. I mean, six people. So people are paying attention. Like Johnny has slimmed down. Johnny has cleaned up his act. Johnny is worthy of recognition here. Best appearing driver, at least as a nominee here in 2021. I agree. He deserves his spot on the list. Uh, his efforts are paying off. But um, when it's all said and done for me, Luke, you know, and, and I'll, I'll try to make this as simple as I can. But for me, it's slate. Slate Cummings, um, you know, that his, his skin color, you know, it's, he's got a nice tan going. He's, I mean, I looked at Slate a little bit. And I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way. I mean, he's a good looking guy, but I looked at him a little bit more than normal because we were, we'd be in the same circle talking about things, uh, strategies, whatever, at the Great American Guaranteed Million since I was part of the staff. So I got an up close look at Slate quite often. Slate, even looks good with a dip in his mouth. And that's hard to do. That's hard to pull off. Yeah. It, it, when you've got a dip in your mouth, you just, it, it instantly makes you ugly. And, and it, especially a dip the size that Slate enjoys. Yeah. Like somehow, it's, not, it's not like the, the uh, dime bag is not the right term, but it, it's not. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not a dime size dip, right? It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a silver dollar. Yeah, which I think is one of the most disgusting things on earth, but it made me want one. He looked so good with it in his mouth, and I probably would have taken his dip after he was done with it. That's how good he looked. So I just, I'm, for me, it's slight. You hit the nail on the head here because as I was thinking through this, in the past, one of the stipulations that I've had for this award is not only do you have to look good doing it, like in order to, to, to get the potty, like in order to really deserve this recognition, I feel like there has to be at least some small part of you that wants to look good doing it. And our other nominees, Funny Car Chris, JBR, Nasty Nick, I don't think any of them give a damn what we think of how they look. That's Slate really is trying point. to look good without question. Yes. For that honor, if nothing else, the potty goes to Slate Cummings. Congratulations, Slate. That's nice that's, work. Nice work, this guy's, buddy. This guy's accomplished a lot in our sport, but that was probably as big a moment as he's ever had. Good job, buddy. All right, Luke. <laughs> this is a good one. I love this one. Yeah. Social account follow. Social media account. Fun follows. And and there are a ton of them out there. Yeah, right. Who brings the most joy to your life on a on a on a relatively daily basis? You know, whether it's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, like this this guy, this gal, this team, they're fun to follow. Uh, give me some nominees. We've had some good ones in the past. Uh, one for me that because I couldn't edit the the document uh, for some reason you've got me locked out where I can't edit our show document so and I get that I understand why you wouldn't want me to do that. Uh, but <laughs> completely intentional you're on to me <laughs> but, but uh, one for me is Jeremy Maples um, oh that's a good one yes man Maples he he it does not like he's posting like crazy all the time 
But when he's got something to post, it's got a lot of meaning or it has, it's got a, a direct target and he doesn't shy away really from his target. He, when he's got a target, he's shooting at it and he lets you know what the target is. And I just love that about him. So Jeremy Maples is one for me. Good one. Uh, obviously on the list is uh, Rob Cropfeld. Um, yeah, Cropfeld Rob, is like the favorite for me as a sneaky good follow. I don't, I don't know if you're privy to any of this, but my understanding, and this is, this came from a, not one, like a handful of, of area racers that are close to Rob, is that the posts get far more interesting and he's much more willing to stir the pot, if you will, after hours. And it's almost like there's a ratio to it. You know, there is an alcohol beverage consumed, you know, hourly after work on, say, a Friday. The posts at midnight, as a result, much more entertaining than the posts at six o'clock. It's all what I love about reading Rob stuff is it's you can read into it like it is very good natured, like good hearted, very tongue in cheek. And he makes that pretty obvious in the way that he words things. But it is hilarious. Like Rob's fun. Yeah, that's a funny dude, and uh, and and again, somebody that don't hold back a whole lot either. So that that makes him fun to watch. Um, back on the list uh, after appearing last year on our list, Luke is Carol McCarty, crew uh, chief of the year. Crew chief of the year, yes, in her own words. Yeah, Carol. I mean, she's just a blast, and you know, when I look at social media follows. You know, I try to I try to find the fake in people. You know, I'm like, ah, you know, this this person, they're they're not, they're just fake. They're just looking for attention or whatever. Carol's just living her best life. I mean, she is right where she wants to be in life and and chasing those kids around and riding all over the country with them, racing and having a blast, and don't really care if the wind light comes on or if it doesn't, just enjoying it. She lets you know when. It sucked. She lets you know when it was awesome. I mean, Carol's just got it all. And she's just, if you could just pick a word to describe her, it's real. She's just real. And I enjoy her follow. I think to some extent that applies to to each of these nominees. Like, I, I feel like to get recognized in this way, there's got to be a level of transparency in your post. But yeah, to your point, like, I feel like whenever I need a, a, a pick me up, I, I, I like the, the search engine on Facebook goes Carol McCarty. Like it, it just makes me smile every freaking time. Yeah. Really good point. She might've won the potty last year. We could, we could have a back-to-back situation. There's not, there's not many reigning defending back-to-back potty winners in potty history. Like we'd have to get the research team on that. Hold your breath for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah we, might, we probably should have known that. But, but my I mean, gut instinct is that that's not particularly common. Another nominee, um, strictly for like entertainment purposes. And again, just an overall willingness to stir the pot. This might change permanently due to recent events, but prior to late October, Hunter Patton, just willing to lay things out there. Like, like it or not, here's where I'm at. And, uh, and what I like, what I think I like most about the way Hunter did things is like he would throw out the most like sure to get like here is the dumpster fire that I just created, like throw it out into the ether and walk away. 
you, you never, you, there's never a follow-up comment. There's nothing. Just here it is. You guys have fun with it. And it would just blow up. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a good point. No matter how many times somebody tagged him in his own stuff, like wanting him to reply to what they said, nothing. Crickets. Yeah. What, what, I, what I've done here, boys, is I threw the match in the dumpster and then I went in and watched the movie. So, yeah. Yeah. If we had, if we had an I said what I said potty award, I mean, Hunter, Hunter would definitely be a great candidate for that one as well. <laughs> All right. And on a more serious note, I will give uh, a nomination to one Kelly Wade, former writer for National Dragster, uh, currently kind of doing her own thing in, uh, in motorsports media. She, her website is called Winlight News. I have, uh, I have referenced her in the past before. She's just, let's face it, like <clears throat> motorsports media to some extent, and particularly in, in, in our little niche of sports and drivers, like it's kind of a, it's a relatively bland thing. Like here's who won or here's their story, right? And so you, the, 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 the restraint of creativity seems real. And Kelly's just got a unique way of transcending that, of explaining things with just enough extra touch or kick or something that you wouldn't have thought of, whether it's a historical marker or an interesting quote or a parallel. Like, I just really take a lot of joy out of reading her material and the social posts around it. So I'll throw that out there. I don't know that she's the potty winner, but a worthy nominee, Miss Kelly Wade. Yeah, very well said, Luke. And and I know what people are thinking. They're 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 thinking, hey, where's a double O blank show or drag champ? You know, those those folks were on the list last year and wonderful follows uh, who really enjoy their content. They're uh, given. Yeah, they're yeah. they're quite a bit different from one another, but I uh, really want to focus this year on uh, on individuals that um, that are just doing this for fun and uh, Luke, I really wish I knew who won it last year. I, I thought that uh, Bastianelli won it last year, but oh, I think you're right. I think you're right. That's a, still a sneaky good follow. Like when Bastianelli yes. busts out, because he he'll go like a month at a time, but when he posts, it's like 200 photos from 1981, yes. and the next thing I know, it's an hour later, and I'm looking at all these. Yeah, like it's awesome, right? Yeah, like who who had the vision to to. In 1983, at the bracket finals, to take these pictures and 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 then keep them all these years. Bastianelli's a he, he's a walking encyclopedia, uh, or or a, or whatever you would look for for just history. I mean, he's got it. This guy's just the history of the sport, and he's a fun follow. That's a good but, one. So that means that Carol wouldn't be your back to back winner. Yeah. So for me, that makes me want to have Carol in the number one spot because when I when I read about sometimes when you read about somebody winning, you know, Hey, we won, we did good. Here's the pictures. And we took, it's like, you can take that the wrong way. Yeah. Nothing like Carol, that can be kind of put offing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing Carol says can rub me wrong. Carol yeah. can say we kicked everybody's ass here this week and nobody could beat us. And I'd be like, Hey, how you go, Carol. I love it, girl. You preach it. I don't know. It's just something about her. I just love it. I love her. And I, I, for me, she gets the potty. I'm with you 100%. And I feel like rightfully so, she should get the recognition here. But it's a, it's also like it's a family thing. Like it is fun Most to definitely. follow the back and forth. And as I've said before, I feel like they're the they're the first family of, of sportsman drag racing today. Um, yeah, I, I like that. That's, that's a deserving potty to one Carol McCarty. 
Yeah, some of the things Bug posts at Carol, I'm like, oh boy, that one's going to get him in trouble. Uh, there's no <laughs> ways get. There's no ways coming out of that one. But you know, it just all just seems comes to work. Back with another zinger, right? Like yeah, it's so yeah. fun. Yeah, it is. It's like they just they got this routine. So I love it. Uh, where should we go next? You want to go uh, story of the year? Story of the year sounds like a great place to go right here, Luke. Yeah, and let me just frame this like at first I had this labeled as best story of the year, but I think it's just like the most selling, the most memorable story. When we look back 10 years from now, what defined 2021, right? What what will we remember about this race season over others? So you could go in a lot of different directions with that. First nominee. Not uh, on the surface, obviously, not a good memory, but I think the the fight of Kyle Seipel and and ultimately his his passing um, late this spring will be looked back upon and remembered. And and what we've done since in remembering Kyle, and I would like to think, on some respect, um, allowing his memory and and his spirit to impact a lot of our lives in a positive manner. Um, I, I think we'll look back. I think it's fair to say that we'll look back years from now and remember this is the year that we lost Kyle Seipel and like just the way that Kyle would want us to go on from that. Like, I feel like in some odd way we are better for not better for having lost Kyle, but better for having gone through this experience and certainly better for having him in our lives. Yeah, it's just one of those guys you're better for knowing, better for spending some time with. Or if you just uh, were were an onlooker from the outside, just watching what he did and how he impacted the sport, uh, you're better for that too. So I agree. And, and hard for me to remove myself from how close I was to that, uh, knowing how the end was near and then knowing, you know, uh, Kyle's only got, you know, an hour or two left and, uh, having been in that circle somewhat. Uh, so that story is, is almost larger than life for me. So um, it is definitely uh, should be on this list. A couple of, I was trying to think back through the season and like what really stood out, right. As, as feel good stories or, or otherwise. And so typically that takes me down the road of, okay, like who won the championships and, and how dramatic were they? And I feel like typically we try to interview uh, several of the, the world champions, have them on the show. Honestly, we can't get to all of them. If we could pick a couple, like I want to have Jimmy Lewis on because I want to hear, I feel like we've talked about the logistics of his late season journey. It went from a win at Dallas to a win at Tucson. I don't know if you check the map, like Tucson, not particularly close to Dallas. Left Tucson and drove to Rockingham, North Carolina, where he didn't win. Left Rockingham, North Carolina, drove back to Las Vegas, where ultimately he won the championship. Like just the logistics of that make for a really interesting story. I'm sure there is a lot more to that story. And I'd like to have Jimmy on to hear it. Um, But I feel like, A, winning a second national championship, you know, two decades removed from a first um, in in a new class with the drama at the end. You know, that that was a, a championship decided by a round at the end of the season and him and Paul Mitzos are at the same facility. Like we've recapped it and the logistics that went into it, like his championship runs pretty incredible. I think it probably hasn't got as much attention as it deserves. And hopefully we can shed some light on that, but that's a story that stands out. Jerry Emmons uh, stock eliminator championship stands out 
and he's another one that I'd love to have on the show, uh, along with Greg Stanfield. Emmons, it's for a different reason because like it came down to the wire as well, certainly. But just the fact that that family has competed at such a high level for so long and among the triplets, like the one thing that had eluded them was a championship. And to see him get that win, to see the response of the family, like I, I, we talked about on a previous show, the, the, the video on the starting line of the, the round that ultimately decided the championship is really special stuff. And just Jerry's like general take on things and the gratitude that he displays for just having the opportunity to compete, much less the success that has come along with it for them. It's refreshing. So I I feel like that's a feel good story for the sport that we can all kind of get behind that one of the Emmons brothers finally got that long overdue um, championship. And I guess like if you want to take a broad takeaway from this, I don't know that it'll be the story that we look back on five years from now. But I mentioned this as the season was winding down. The the domination in 2021 in the NHRA ranks that came from Division Four is nuts. Like it defies logic. So this year, given the COVID times, or perhaps given NHRA's budget, like I don't know the, the specific reasoning behind this, but there there's not a, a national banquet this year. To, to there was not the typical national banquet. They they did something in like the top eliminator club at Pomona. And for all of the sportsman champions, they said, hey, we're going to honor you guys at your home division banquet, right? Honor you as a, as a division champion, if that's the case, and, and, and for your world championship. So we'll do all of that. You'll get your big trophy and get your check and all that at your individual division banquets. Well, they might as well have just announced that the national banquet is wherever and whenever the division four banquet is, because that's where all the champions came from. It's yeah, that's a really good point. With the exception of Bruno Massel winning competition eliminator and Blake Peevler winning the championship and top dragster, every other sportsman champion came from division four. It's Greg Stanfield and Superstock. It is Jerry Emmons in stock eliminator, Christopher Dodd in Supercom, myself in Supergas, Jimmy Lewis in top sportsman, all division four racers. I don't know that that's ever happened. That's five of the seven championships that went to one division. That 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 defies all logic. Yeah, it's unheard of for sure. Uh, but you know, I guess with all due respect to Division Four and their dominance this year, um, you know, you are you live in Southern Illinois, so um, to call you a Division Four racer is a bit of a stretch, Luke. I've yeah. had a division four number for 20 plus years, big Jed. It's yeah, home. because you, you raced there 20 plus years ago, but <laughs> you live in Southern Illinois. You're, you're, okay. you're, you're still a good old country boy, but you're almost a Yankee. And Everyone else resides within the geographic confines of the division. And, and not, not the comp eliminator champion. No, not the, but that's not the national champ. Bruno won that. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. see what you're saying. So, I you meant those champions. Right, right, right. So, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what the takeaway from that is because you could obviously, you know, your, your division four homers are going to puff out their chest and go, yeah, the best racers in the world. Well, you could make the counter argument that like, well, somebody in each class just dominated, like kick the hell out of everybody else. So obviously you got a lot of talent at the top, but like they beat everybody. So how can you say that the rest of the division is that great? Like, I don't know. The truth is somewhere in between the, the takeaway for me is that it's just an abnormality. Like you just don't see all of the national championships going back to one geographic division. It seems really rare. 
Yeah, that is really rare and, uh, and might not happen again, but uh, it was definitely a, a show of dominance this year. One of my favorite personal stories from the year, and we, we laughed about this here on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, it also ties back into Division Four, and it ties into, I don't even remember the name of the message board. It was the Comp Buzz message board, but that's not the URL. Like we laughed about this before. All of the drama that coexisted alongside Roger Brogdon's $50,000 bonus to the Division Four champion, which to your earlier point was won by Cody Lane, who hails from Washington State, which is not, I don't know if you're familiar with your NHRA geography, not close to Division Four at all. And, yeah. and apparently that didn't sit very well with many of the Division Four crowd. And to watch the back and forth on this obscure competition eliminator message board, entertaining to say the least like probably not overall the story of the year but one of my personal favorites yeah and as i stated um on that show where this was discussed i think you can find that uh, information at richmanspissingmatch.com <laughs> that's really all that was the final nominee for story of the year um, I don't know if you heard about this, Jed. I feel like it kind of got swept under the rug, but there was a uh, a young racer by the name of uh, Pat Patton, Pat Hunter Hunter Patton. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that was his name. Yeah, there there was some misinterpretation of what happened um, past the finish line at the at, at an event prior to the the OG Million in, in South Georgia. I don't know that we really need to touch on it here. I, I'm not sure what happened at this point, but uh, apparently that got a little bit of attention. Yeah, Luke, it got a ton of attention. And you preface this, um, you preface this category by saying, you know, what what are we going to remember this year for? And I mean, how could that not be what this year will be remembered for? As much as I love Kyle Seipel, and I want Kyle Seipel to to continue to go down in the the history books as a as a potty winner here um hunter's incident for lack of a better word will not only be what you remember this year for but it it will it's going to impact the years to follow obviously the next year to follow it will impact uh where this news traveled the 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 path that it took to the to the top organization in drag racing and the the response from them how could that not be the story that we remember from 2021 more than any other i agree i think it's a no-brainer that's the story of the year whether we want it to be or not um I, i'll push back a little bit i, I don't i'm not as convinced that this will have like a long term impact. Like, I don't feel like it's going to change the way that business is done. If anything, I think it's hopefully, I think it silences some of the, the post-race ripping of the throttle <laughs> beyond that. Like I've never seen anybody do what Hunter did. So I don't think, I don't expect that to be replicated. I wouldn't have expected it to happen if Hunter had never done it. Like it's unprecedented. Um, and I don't like, there has been some, some um, consternation or, or debate the idea that this is forever going to change NHRA's level of oversight and or involvement in grassroots bracket racing and or the big dollar scene. 
my interpretation of that, I don't think NHRA really wants anything to do with that. Like, I think they are content to let that subculture exist as it has. Perhaps I'm wrong. Um, I just feel like they saw an opportunity to, to make a statement, to win the, the press release, if you will, um, and probably felt pressure to get involved on some level. But I don't, I think that that will continue to be the exception rather than the rule. Yeah, I, I agree. And I hope that that's the case, Luke. And certainly this is not uh, the reason Hunter would want to, to be awarded this potty. But this is going to make Hunter Patton, if possible, even more well-known than he was, if possible. But what I am looking forward to is a guy that's going to come out of this and be a tremendous ambassador for our sport. And, and he will say, he will own it. He already has. And he'll say, yeah, I did it. And it was a mistake. And, you know, it, it should never be done again. No one should duplicate that. And he will be squeaky clean. You know, he'll be cleansed of this incident when he finally gets to come back at full force. And I think it's going to make Hunter, although he's a great ambassador for our sport up until obviously that moment, he will, he will, his image will be uh, boosted uh, and he will be the type of ambassador for our sport that, influences people the right way i'm a confident in that and again i hope he becomes a race director whatever time he's out because i think that will help him but nonetheless hunter's going to hunter's going to be a guy that impacts our sport in a very positive way after a, a an incident that none of us want to ever see again and wish we had never seen he's going to come out of this full circle and it's going to it's going to work in his favor at some point in some way. And I know that's going to happen. I'm looking forward to it. How long, how many years before the average, just to forget the act, like the way that this blew up, how many years before the average sportsman drag racing, bracket racing, aficionado sees or hears the name Hunter Patton and doesn't first think of this incident is that a year down the road is that 10 years down the road is it ever um i'm not sure it's ever luke but i think it's a minimum of five um and hunter it's really going to be his the reaction to him is going to be heavily dependent upon his uh win lights or his win percentage but he can't win i mean if he wins it's going to be yeah you know he's a punk he he did this or did that. And when he loses, it's going to be, yeah, that's good. He got what he deserved. Um, so that's going to last a little while for him. But to withstand that, like I know Hunter's going to do, and just continue to do the right things and be an ambassador again for our sport, uh, he's going to come out of it. it it's, going to, it's going to take him some time, but he's going to come out of it and come out strong. And he's still going to be a young man when he does. And he's going to leave his mark on this sport. Yeah, and a very high level. Fair. I think it's so easy to be a prisoner of the moment and think, you know, like this is going to define who he is for the rest of his life. I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's accurate. It'll take time, but, uh, but yeah, I think there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel. Potty for well, what was that even for? What was that? That was story of the story year. Story of yeah. the year. Yeah. Inevitably, Hunter Patton. How about quote of the year? This one's one of my favorite. The, the, 
the difficult part about sportsman drag racing, particularly in the bracket ranks, is there's there's probably more record of the things that that people have said than in, ever before, just due to social media and 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 um, live feeds and things like that. But it's not that well documented, so it can be difficult to find. There's a few that stood out to me. Okay, so I have three nominees, Jed. If, if there's anything that that jumps out to you, obviously you don't have access to the the shared <coughs> shared um, document. <laughs> Well, Luke, before you before you go any farther, okay, okay. Um, why don't we replace that third one with what Dan Fletcher said to you after Kyle Rumley went? That's a good one. That's a good one. killer. Well, I feel like just because I want to make it, I, I I I feel like Hunter has dominated the year. A Hunter should be a nominee in every category. Okay, so Hunter's quote. This and this was on this was probably regrettable, right? Looking back on it, but the quote of the simple three word post that that Hunter issued on social media shortly after the incident damn steering shaft that's got to be a nominee, okay? So that's on the list. (laughs) Okay, the Dan Fletcher quote that you referenced, I shared this last show. This was after immediately after the Kyle Rumley incident at the Great American Guaranteed Million. Fletcher is a couple of pairs back behind the ready line is getting out of his car. And Adam Davis says, Fletch, how long have you been racing? And Fletcher looks at him and says, not long enough to see that bleep. <laughs> That's, a <laughs> That's a good one, right? That's a solid nominee. Yes. I did dig up. We were talking about Edmund Richardson's monumental victory at the U S nationals in super gas. And as part of Kevin Kenna's uh, sports report, which is a, a post-race write-up, on that win, which followed his, his win at the points meet at Bowling Green, the quote from Edmund, and I can just so hear Edmund saying this in retrospect, back to some of his early years chasing Supercomp, going head to head with David Rampey at that time. Edmund's quote, I learned a long time ago that if you get too cocky, it'll bite you. I remember one year, David Rampey and I were racing for the championship and I decided to chase him. He beat me three out of four times. All I had to do was go to a different race and it was over. I was just a dummy who made a bad decision. I pretty much told him how good he was by chasing him around. And I can just, I can hear Evan saying that. I'm like, yeah, you know, like I just, I was so convinced that we needed to go head to head and I was going to show him who's boss. When in reality, I could let him go do whatever he was going to do. Like, I just got to go win one more race and I could pick easier guys to pick on than David Rampy. But in that moment, like we, we, we knew Edmund in his, in his day, right. That hard headed, like, no, I'm going to get him. I'm going to kick his butt. Like I could just see all of that playing out. It really rung true to me. Yeah. yeah. And, and obviously hindsight is 2020 or sure. as, as my, as my partner, Steve Stott says, hindsight is 20. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it is like, you got to think, what was I doing? I mean, really, what was I thinking? I'm chasing David Rampy around. <laughs> right. this, this, this guy didn't just luck his way to, to his status. So we, although Edmund obviously is as talented as anyone, but you still got to wonder why was I, why was I running my chances down? Regardless of what my chances were, I feel like chasing David Rampy around is running them down. So I don't, uh, it's funny. It actually brings to mind another quote from Big E, and this doesn't apply because this was not in, in 2021. I don't even remember the circumstances, but for some reason, I'm, I'm almost certain this came out of Edmund's mouth, but it's like, we're in the staging lanes 
and somebody just rolls up beside him and kind of gets out puffing their chest out like yeah 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 and Evan just looks at him and goes listen is that really what you want <laughs> like you really think we should pair up and that's going to work out <laughs> so that's kind of the opposite side of that same spectrum right so yeah that, that's just like it all right. My last quote, my last nominee for quote of the year, um, another one that we mentioned recently, and it, and it came from that somewhat like bizarro uh, winter circle interview of Jess Sarah after the last day of the Great American Guaranteed Million. And the, the, the quote was in regards to his epic semifinal round matchup with AJ Ash, where AJ was eight total and Sarah was one total and, you know, was obviously down a, a ton of speed. And, and uh, Jake Howard asked Jeff like that, that semifinal you know, your, your, your 1,000th total beats 8,000th total. You take 7,000th stripe on over a second spot. Is that Was that luck? Was that skill? Was that somewhere in between? And there's this, like, eerie silence. And, and Jeff's response is simply, I saw all of it. <laughs> End of explanation, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're, you're, you're ultimately picking the winner in all of these, but just the, the nature of that conversation, like that's, that gets the potty for me. Like, that's it. Yeah. I saw all of it. Yeah. That is a, that is a <laughs> great line. And, and, you know, it's a, it's one of those quotes that people are going to requote in memory of that moment, yeah. which I think, which I think defines a great quote. And uh, I would have to agree wholeheartedly, Luke. That's a that's a potty winner right there. All right, so let's let's breeze through a couple of these. I didn't realize how many we've got left, right? Okay, let's go. We went best win of the year. How about best single round of the year? Uh, I've got a couple of nominees. This kind of comes right out of our of our bad beats segment. Jeremy Hancock going down in the the OG Million. You know, arguably the biggest race of the year. Laying down 2,000 total, no good beside Tim Thomas. Like that side-by-side run, definitely a nominee for best single round of the year. Mentioned earlier, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Gary Stinnett chasing the Super Comp National Championship, locks horns with Tommy Phillips late in the national event in St. Louis. And I don't remember the exact numbers, but I want to say that Stinnett was like four take two, basically racing for a world championship, and Tommy Phillips gets under it. Like that is really what you would expect out of those two competitors, but it's a, a really bad beat given the stakes and just one of those side-by-side rounds that at least people in that circle will talk about for years. And then the third one comes in a class that we rarely discuss here on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Like we're not locked into Top Alcohol Dragster, but you couldn't have a more dramatic, more exciting ending to the season than the ending of 2021, where it's Rachel Meyer, it's Jackie Frick, final round of the national event in Las Vegas, and it is a winner-take-all deal. Like, winner not only wins the event, winner wins the world championship. And that situation is awesome, comes along really rarely, especially where the the two racers involved are going head-to-head. And it's just a, a special moment for the class and to some extent for the sport. Yeah. So, you know, the, the category is best single round. Um, so that probably was the most impactful single round, but I'm not sure how a one pack beating a two pack in the, the OG million is not the best single round of the year. Um, 
there. Again, again, I understand some runs are more impactful, but it's the best single round. And that, I don't know how it gets any better than that, Luke. But I mean, obviously it could one thou better, but yeah, one thousand. Well, I mean, have you ever seen a run where it's perfect, perfect? I I haven't witnessed it, but I did see it on uh, someone posted it uh, on social media several years ago. I'm sure it's happened, right? But yeah, you just given the stakes, especially like what was it, third round of the million? Yeah, it was third round of the million, and and Hancock was one of my horses, so um, one of my picks. Yeah, so it was bad beat of the year. It was everything, but best single round. I mean, that was it was that's a one pack beating a two pack. Doesn't get much better than that. Congrats to Tim Thomas. Congrats to Jeremy Hancock. You, you are the proud recipient of the 2021 potty. Oh, those guys are so proud right now. One of my favorite awards, the Back to the Future Award, which is a lot better way to say than the Has Been Award, right? This is the award that we give annually to the racer that jumped back onto the scene, so to speak, this season and, and kind of reproved their greatness when maybe, maybe we had kind of forgotten about them in recent years. Like this is somebody that um, had, has obviously competed at a high level in the past and maybe ventured away from the sport or uh, away from, from high level competition and just jumped right back into the scene and picked up right where they left off. We've got three standout nominees. One was actually a nominee a year ago. I don't know how you can be the Back to the Future Award winner back-to-back years or even nominated, but it's Scotty Richardson just because he races so little, you know, relative to seemingly everyone else. And yet, routinely, he did this last year, did it again this year, just waltzes in on the biggest stages in our sport, this year specifically the OG Million, and waltzes all the way to the winner's circle with a, a, a you know, a dominating showing. Did it at basically every quote unquote million at the end of 2020 reprove that again in 2021, just about the time that you begin listing, you know, whatever your arbitrary top, whatever, top five, top 10, top 15, just about the time that you stop excluding Scotty from that list because he's out of sight, out of mind. He shows back up and shows us like, Hey, it's still me. I'm still here. Scotty going to Scotty. Right. Uh, So Scotty makes the list again. Greg Stanfield, I think is an obvious nominee for this. This time around, we've discussed his story at length. Uh, a fifth national championship this season in Superstock, 25 plus years removed from number four. He got those four in five years um, back in the late 80s and early 90s to come back around, jump back into Superstock in the same car. Obviously, you could also have been a nominee for Story of the Year, but certainly a nominee for Back to the Future winner. And our third one, by far the youngest name on this list, Big Jed, but I think uh, fitting uh, a fitting nominee, and that's Stephen McCrory. Like Champ, more or less, has been out of the sport, right, for a couple of years, certainly out of the limelight, and just kind of jumps back in late in the season and got his sea legs under him pretty quickly. Wins a hundred grander at the SFG event in Darlington, follows that up with a semifinal finish in the OG Million, follows that up with a runner-up finish in the Great American Guaranteed Million. Uh, I'm, I assume Champ raced a few more than those three weekends, but those three weekends are forget a season. Like that's a decade for most of us. He won a lot of money in three weekends. Yeah. And these events run together for me, Luke, but I feel like he won a 50 grander prior to the hundred or something. I'm not real sure, but it, it was crazy. 
50 grander is the new five grander. Who cares? <laughs> it was a crazy run for sure, uh, champ. Definitely. I'm not real sure how long he laid out. I would guess from from this point last year until he got back in the car in the early fall or late summer. Uh, so uh, several, several month layoff. Uh, impressive what he done. Scotty, my goodness, what else can you say about Scotty? Guy decides to run a racetrack this year and uh, just stay away from racing and comes out after many months of being out of the car and probably raced half a dozen times and uh, accomplished things that people will want to accomplish in a lifetime. So that was uh, super impressive by him and Greg Stanfield, you know, as we talked about decades, multiple decades removed from his first championship to, to make the run that he made this year, just really incredible display of talent that, um, you know, lasted, has lasted a long, long time. So this one's really tough, Luke, but kind of the, kind of the reason I'm going to pick this winner is because of, I don't know, I guess, I guess how difficult it is in the category that, that he chose. The dragster category to me is a freaking crapshoot. Uh, I mean, it's just stupid good run after stupid good run. Not to minimize what I, either of the other drivers, Greg Stanfield or Scotty, did. But doing it through door car side, I don't know. It just feels a little easier to do. Not easy. A little easier. And it, yeah, it feels. I agree. At least by the numbers. Like the numbers on the yeah. track are nuts. Yeah. yeah it, it feels like you, you can display a clear talent advantage in those categories as opposed to the dragster category, those things freaking you let go on time and it runs the number and there's some tricky driving out there and there's some Jeff Sarah's and I don't know what champ did to me was just ultra impressive. Not that the others wasn't, but champ to me that what he come out and did was just simply incredible, especially after a layoff and jumping back in on the biggest stages and, and holding the numbers and doing all that just for me that was that was the standout performance congratulations champ you are officially the youngest winner ever of the back to the future award yeah yeah i really didn't take his age into consideration and his dog crapped in my pits at the million a lot so <laughs> shouldn't have awarded him but it, it is what it is i was gonna say did that work in his favor or, or, or not it's actually it must have because we did talk a lot it's fitting that Champ and his dog get the potty. <laughs> yeah, Bandit. That was a bad joke. Sorry, Bandit. <laughs> All right, so these two are, are more internal, I guess, if we can if we can grant potties to to ourselves. It's just fun, I think, uh, as a as a podcaster, as host of the show, to look back on the season and identify our best and worst predictions from the year, like some of the off the wall stuff that we came up with. Some of it, you know, looks like we uh, we knew what we were talking about. Others, not so much. For worst prediction of the year, two from me stand out. First off, I went back and pulled up our show docs from like the NHRA season preview, where we, this is always a failed attempt, obviously, because you're trying to literally pick a needle in the haystack. But we tried to pick national champions. And regrettably, Jed, um, I, I think we did these on separate docs. Like I didn't have your list. So I can't make fun of you. I can make fun of me. <laughs> my picks 
by and large, like didn't even pursue national championships. My picks in top dragster, Steve Furr, I think it went to like two races. Top sportsman, Matt Driscoll, didn't race much. Stock, Jeff Lopez, like I know Jeff personally, he pulled the plug in like March, done. Um, Tommy Phillips in Supercom, I think his first event of the season might've come in October. Made a run at it. Nice work, TP. Mike Sawyer, like, didn't really make a concentrated effort at Supergas. No, they're, they're all good picks on paper. I don't think any of them finished in the top 50. <laughs> so I missed by a touch. In my defense, I, did, I didn't call I didn't correctly predict any national champions in 2021. Um, I did pick, pick uh, Cooter, Jimmy Hidalgo Jr. in Superstock, and he made it interesting down to the end. Like he was uh, second to last race of the season, still in competition. Did his best to make me look good. I think he wound up sixth. Comp eliminator, my pick was Frank Aragona. He wound up third, um, but he was out of contention, you know, with a month left to go in the season. So it didn't feel like he was all that close. And to be completely frank, like, I don't know how much glory I could steal for picking Frank Aragona to win comp. Like, that's kind of the low-hanging fruit. You know, I don't know how much credit I can take for finishing third. So my championship predictions, not awesome. Not awesome. And um, I have nothing there, Luke. So that clearly wins the potty. Uh, I don't even know what I predicted well, anytime this year, I, last year, no time. So I think we actually both made this prediction. Like I'm laying claim to it, but I believe we both said the same thing. And I don't know at this point that we were right or wrong. And I don't have any inside intel on this. So like, don't quote me. Time will tell. But we've been pretty confident and steadfast in saying leading up to the great American guaranteed million, that not only would that be the only true million dollar race, like race that legit paid a million dollars in 2021, it was, I don't even think we said likely. I think we said like, sure to be, you know, the last one of these that we see for a long time. Like there won't be another guaranteed million going forward. Again, I don't have any Intel. I don't have any insight on this, but that race was so successful and went so well. I think it would be difficult not to try to do it again. So we might have to walk that one back. Like that could be a really poor prediction. Like we may have gotten ahead of ourselves there. It would not shock me at all. And again, I don't know if this is happening. I don't know if there are any plans for this to happen. It wouldn't shock me at all if we don't see one of those, perhaps even in 2022, but within the next, you know, few years. Yeah, I have no idea what uh, the guys are thinking or what any promoters thinking in that respect uh, about potential million dollar races, true guaranteed million dollar races. But uh, I, I do believe it will come back at some point, Luke, if it doesn't happen in 2022. I don't think it'll be a long time before that comes back. I, I think people are going to uh, are going to campaign for that and, you know, whether it's the the original one of the original promoters to do a guaranteed million or a new one, I think somebody's going to step out there. Yeah, like I say, the success of that event makes it hard to think that's, that it couldn't be replicated in, in some manner. So yeah, we'll, well, time will tell. But uh, but we we could have missed them. But we could have could have been a little bit premature in uh, in that one. Let's flip it. Let's let's give ourselves some credit. Best prediction. I got two that stand out. I said adamantly as we were previewing the competition eliminator season. And again, kind of focusing on that massive $50,000 bonus from Roof Tech, Roger Brogdon and Owens Corning to the division four champion in comp. I was pretty confident in saying that perhaps the best competition eliminator racer in the country will win the division four championship. 
but I was confident that the division four champion would not win the NHRA world championship. I felt like there would be a, a, a level of, um, of, um, what is the, what's the phrase when you, when you eat your own, right? Cannibalization. Yes. Right? I, yes. I, I feel, I felt like that right would be on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. To where it would be difficult uh, for, for a racer from D4 to go on and win the comp championship. That proved to be true. In fact, Bruno Massel wins the comp championship. You've got David Billingsley in the mix, Joe Mozeris in the mix, Frank Aragona, uh, Pete Dagnello. None of those racers hailed from Division Four. The, the Division Four battle was exciting, enticing, obviously far more lucrative than the national championship. But in the end, none of the players in that Division Four chase were serious contenders for the national championship. My other prediction, and this came as part of that NHRA preview show. Now, I said earlier, I completely missed on my specific national championship predictions. My national championship prediction in Supergas was Mike Sawyer. My bold prediction for Supergas was that we would see a repeat Supergas world champion, which historically is very rare. Coming into the season, the only two that had ever done it were Sherman Adcock and Sheldon Gecker. Now, that was my coy, sneaky way, Big Jed, of in a little bit of a small way, that was me calling my shot. Like, hey, I'm going to make a run at this. I didn't want to come out and say, I'm my pick. <laughs> you know, like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I like my chances, right? And I could cover it easily because when I say that it's going to be a repeat champion, like that's not just me. That means that I'm right if John LaBoost Jr. wins the championship. Devin Eisenhower, Jeremy Mason, Jeff Lopez, Brian Presler, on down the list, right? Like, I like my chances. But in the end, like, there was a part of me saying, yeah, there's going to be a repeat champ. You're talking to him. You're listening to him. So, yeah, I'll take a little bit of credit there. Uh, yeah, shot. that was a very good prediction. Obviously, became reality. Um, but I think you did that somewhat in a, in a public forum, too. Luke, on the show, you said, you know, I'm not saying it's over, but I'm going to be your super gas world champion. So that makes your bold prediction even more bolder, even more bolder, more bolder, yeah. more better, more bolder. So not only do you get best prediction, you might get the most boldest prediction. Most boldest. Yes. Very good prediction. More boldest. All right. How about the party for the most dominant event and or weekend performance of the year. I feel like there are several quality nominees here. All right, let's run through them because we got to get the landing gear out here, Luke. Most dominant event weekend, uh, Sarah at the Summer Fling. Uh, that's well-documented. Cotrera at the Norwalk 40Ks. Yeah, similar Scotty. They both run themselves in the final, right? Yes, Scotty at the Million. Um pick a million for that matter, but uh, this year it was the OG. <laughs> uh, Pennington brothers at the OG million. Uh, those guys were winning the, the races uh, surrounding the million itself. Yeah. That's a family thing. And like I, I peeps won the warm up race that was like a 10 or 20 grander. I think that was the only actual like family victory that weekend. No, no, no. Philip won the last day too. But along the way, like they were deep in everything. I think Michael and every member of the family, Michael's down to seven in the million. Um, and then Philip wins the last 50, beats Peeps in the semis. Like they were all seemingly involved deep almost every day. Yeah. 
for sure. And uh, Champ at the OG and the Great American Guaranteed Million is uh, semi and runner-up, respectively, in those events. And Team Bertozzi at Norwalk with three wins and a runner-up was a, a dominant weekend as well. Uh, Luke, for me, Sarah running himself in the, the 100K final, uh, that was – I don't know that that just seemed as dominant as it gets at the at the summer flame. Given the competition, yeah, it's it's hard, and then just the the fact that <laughs> he almost did it again at the end of the year, and it's almost like commonplace. I think another nominee that we could add to this is is Nick Hastings. Take your pick. Like he ran the table at Terre Haute, right at the uh, the. That's the, that's the no box nationals, right? On every day. Uh, it seemed like he did something similar at Piedmont. It all runs together. Nick won so much that I think there's like three weekends that you could pick out. I think that's another deserving nominee, but yeah, it is hard to go against. You run yourself in the final of a hundred thousand dollar to win event on the fling stage, right? Like, which adds a, a degree, not only of prestige, but I think also like, it's a, it's a unique crowd that supports those events that I do think, I don't want to say it's like the best of the best. I don't know that it's necessarily a, a tougher crowd to win at than some of the other big dollar races, but it's incredibly talented. And to just roll through that in two separate cars, advance through two opposite sides of the field, run yourself in the final, like that stuff that I guess like the fact that Kyle Colchero did it a couple of weeks ago makes us seem like it's somewhat commonplace it's not like that's a rare feat especially on that stage um yeah i think that's a deserving potty for jeff yeah extremely deserving and um you know like i say i couldn't edit the the show notes i would have put the team bad guys dream team uh, championship on the list i mean because it was truly the most dominant performance of the year but well, I, I sometimes I get confused, Big Jed. Where do the do the team bad guys? Where do they reside? Where are they from? Uh, they there's a state right between Mississippi and Georgia. It's called Alabama. Okay. And uh, those guys really went in there and handled their business. Um, you know, I went five and zero oh in the in the event. That you know that was five teams and five wins for me. And I, when I went, I was just racing people like Gage Birch and stuff like that. So. You know, no big deal, but you, you give it, we'll, we'll give this thing to Sarah. It's no big deal. I, I didn't need to be trying to hog up potties myself. Hey, hey. So, hey, you know, if I can, if I can blow my own horn every now and then, uh, I, I can't, uh, I, can't <laughs> I can't get on you for doing the same. All right. So we close this out, Big Jed, as we do each and every year with yeah. two very distinct, very separate awards. They're both titled at least verbally, the same. They're the GOAT of the year. But in this day and age, the GOAT has two very different connotations. I think for you youngins, it's a, it's a capital G GOAT with a little emoji of the GOAT beside it. That means greatest of all time. And obviously, yes. the purpose of this conversation, we're talking greatest of all time in 2021. Those of us that have a little bit more age behind us we remember a completely different connotation for the word goat. It is the, the Bill Buckner. It's <laughs> and, and just to just to completely, I know I say this every year because we've gotten in trouble for this in the past. Okay. So 
the goat of the year isn't like the, the, the donkey of the year, right? The goat of the year is the person who is easiest to blame, like is just in the crossfire for everything that we find wrong in racing and in life. And like, yeah, it's that guy's fault. And that's not fair. Like it's, but it's, and it's not, it's, it's not true in most cases, but it is just like the low hanging fruit. Like, Hey, let's all just jump on this guy. Right. So like past recipients, um, Mike Rice, Division Seven, like NHRA in general. Last year, I think it was Montgomery Motorsports Park after the million debacle. Like, if we're looking for someone to blame, like here's the easiest person to blame, right? So first, Big Jeb, the lowercase goat of the year, and we talked about the juxtaposition from 2021 to 20, or from 2020 to 2021 for Johnny Ezel, right? To go from worst appearing car to a, a serious contender and nominee for best appearing driver, that juxtaposition, not as significant as going from the capital G, capital O, capital A, capital T, emoji goat beside goat of the year. So in 2020, that was Hunter Patton. In 2021, I think it's inevitable. The goat of the year, the easiest guy to blame for everything that is wrong in the world of sports and drag racing, the easiest guy to hate. It's Hunter Patton. Like, you can't go anywhere else, can you? He's the goat. No, it's definitely Hunter's award. Um, you know, again, <laughs> not uh, not the award you want to win, but um, it's going to it's going to work out well for Hunter. He's, he's going to turn this around and go back to the capital G-O-A-T really soon. But um, definitely with the, the social media out, blast or outpour and and just everything that came his way after well you know it actually started happening prior to the incident uh, yeah after, no, it was after, all like a build up to yeah. this volcano that we couldn't see coming necessarily but yeah. yeah yeah after a post or two so um definitely earned him the award for the year but um don't take it the wrong way, Hunter. Use it as fuel and and get yourself back to the to all caps, my friend. As uh, as as simple on our end as it is to determine the potty for that award, I think it is equally an easy call for the capital G, capital O, capital A, capital T, emoji goat, the greatest of all time of 2021. Like this is this is a foregone conclusion, right? Yeah, there's no doubt who this is. Um, it, it, Jeff Sarah has no equal in this category this year. Um, just, I mean, the guys, it's been incredible, you know, and it's funny how you go two or three weeks. I don't know. We've been two or three weeks without talking about something Sarah did, something huge, something that he won, and it's almost like you, you somewhat forget a little bit about what kind of season this guy's had it has been the best season in the history of our sport and we keep seeing those over and over and he just one-upped it this year so by far the capital goat of the year is jeff sarah the best season in the history of seasons if yes and and what's bad is if you remove what Jeff Sarah did from this year, I think like the capital G, capital O, capital A, capital T emoji goat of this season and perhaps any other season in recent history 
based on what he accomplished this year is Nick Hastings. Like Nick Hastings had a phenomenal 2021. Amazing. On so many different levels and is yet rightfully overshadowed by the accomplishments of Jeff Sarah. Like if you just wanted to, to list out some nominees here to give honorable mentions, if you will, if you remove those two from the discussion, like where, who else would you even nominate in 2021? Yeah, obviously Kyle Contreras had an amazing year. Sure. Um, you mentioned earlier, Pete Diagnolo. I mean, that guy's won in multiple categories, NHRA brackets, you know, he just, whatever he gets in is just, he's incredible and, and competes for, for wins and gets them. Uh, Gage Birch, for those that haven't followed Gage, like through social media or whatnot, I don't think anybody really, if you're not a follower of his, I don't think you realize how much Gage wins. Yeah. This young man wins at an incredibly high clip. I mean, it is over and over and it's 12 months a year, Luke. Mm-hmm. He lives in Florida. He lives around Bradenton. They don't stop racing except Christmas day. And, and Gage just wins and wins and wins. And when he travels, he does too. I think they uh, typically stop when it gets hot, but at that point, Gage has got other places he can go race. Got other big money events to chase. Yes, he does. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, Devin Eisenhower, uh, Devin, uh, phenomenal year, big run there at the end of the year talented young man it's it's going to continue to do great things in this sport i put i added devin as a nominee to this list and i feel like is a little bit under the radar um obviously made a run at the super comp championship late and did so on the strength of like not going to the full slate of events it was kind of an afterthought because he won every event that he went to seemingly that oh wow i have a shot at points started the season focused on big dollar bracket racing had success there on a maybe a little bit more regional scale than a than a jeff sarah or a, or a hunter Patton of years past um also won the jeg super quick series like just seemingly put on a lot of different hats and displayed a lot of driving versatility uh, so i thought he was worthy of mention at least yeah, most definitely worthy, and I don't know. I think Kyle Cotrera would be the next obvious choice. Uh, Kyle's had a phenomenal year. He, he's from Elliott, Maine. I, I don't know how much time he spends in Elliott, Maine, uh, but it seems like it's hard as hell for him to get where he's trying to go from Elliott, Maine, uh, and race as much as he does and travel as much as he does. So that's an added uh, degree of difficulty for me, for a guy coming from there, but Nonetheless, he's had a phenomenal year, and and Kyle's had a year worthy of a lot of praise that might have been overshadowed. Not might have been; it has been overshadowed by by what you you talked about from Jeff, Sarah, and Nick Hastings. But Kyle has uh, has definitely had a goat type season. All right, Jed, that's it. That's the potties. That's the go to the year. That's the go to the year. The emoji go to the year. The go 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 go. Yeah, that's everything. Right, best appearing driver. We, we, we touched all the bases. Congratulations to the winners. The 2021 potties are in the books. I don't know what our schedule looks like the rest of the, uh, the off-season, Big Jed. We've got some ideas. I've got some directions that I want to go show. Obviously, we want to, uh, to interview some, uh, some of the reigning champions, get into things like that. I don't, I don't want to commit to you, the listeners, that will be here every week during the off-season. Things get a little bit slow, but we do have some content on tap, and uh, we'll definitely touch base relatively regularly between now and the time that you know cars are going back down the racetrack in what two months or so yeah definitely when there's something worth talking about you can count on the sportsman drag racing podcast to be there for you to talk about it 
So that does wrap up this show. It was a fun show. The potties is, is always a fun episode and um, I hope everybody takes it for what it is and, and enjoys the content. Uh, definitely not meant to make anyone feel overly confident or proud or certainly the, the opposite of that. So I hope you all enjoyed it. It's a fun show. Good stuff. But uh, if you didn't enjoy it, there's a place where you can let us know. You can reach out to us right there on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page um, and let us know what you think. If you thought it was a good show, if you thought it was bad, whatever you want to tell us, tell us right there on the, the Facebook page. You can send it to the world to see right on the, the, uh, the forum there or I mean on the front page or you can uh, message us and producer Mark will say, hey. These guys think you suck. So he'll let us know. But either way, reach out to us and let us know that you're listening and you uh, you you want to contribute to the show in some shape, form or fashion. Or as you said a week ago, these guys are dumbasses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I could say, I mean, if I was listening to the show, I'd probably say that from time to time. But <laughs> speaking of dumbasses, like it is time for shouts. I got nothing. We we shouted everybody out. We created awards just so that I could shout people out. So yeah, that, that yeah. that's everything I got. Really good point. Uh, shout out to <laughs> to the the most bolder boldest predict prediction. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more boulderest. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, as you know, Luke and I are very active on the Twitter. There, reach out to us and let us know what you think. If you uh, if you like to tweet reach out and tag us and bag us and all that other stuff. Luke is at Luke Bugacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I. I am at JP11X. We thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we can't wait to talk to you real soon about more sportsman drag racing. All right, guys, starting November the 1st, you're able to pre-order parts for our November sale. Our friends at BTE have a tremendous sale going on, and you need to take advantage of it. That means you'll receive the 20% discount without even having to call us on November the 26th, typically the Black Friday sale. We'll simply charge you on the 26th when the sale actually begins. So you'll be off to the races. So what does that mean? Starting November 1st, you pre-order for the Black Friday sale, you get 20% off. And when all that starts taking place on the 26th, you don't even have to call. What's on sale? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's power glides, torque converters, and turbo 350 and turbo 400 variations. So you've got basically transmissions and torque converters of any kind that we offer that you're going to be able to take advantage of a sale price on. Remember, pre-orders run November the 1st through November the 24th. So pick your parts today and call us 1-800-626-1828 when the tree turns green. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss or at least reference This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is, at each event, 
There are 100 plus entries. There's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elitist for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.